today we are broadcasting from inside the Apollo 16 capsule. I can't. St- I still can't believe it. I mean, the Apollo 16 was the fifth man Apollo moon landing. Yeah, you know that was way back in 1972. This is really cool in here, but it also makes me appreciate maybe how canned sardines feel. <laughs> hey, and where the heck's the bathroom? Ooh, uh, I don't know how to tell you this, but you're uh, you're sitting in it. Wait a minute. You mean they sat right here and when they had... Hey, 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 hey. It's a spacecraft, right? Much different than the many beautiful bathrooms you built and remodeled over the years. That is a great understatement. (laughs) This makes a tiny house bathroom seem, well, luxurious. You know, just imagine where this baby's been. The history of the Apollo missions is freaking amazing. Yeah, it sure is. You know, I remember as a kid reading about the contest. The U.S. had to be the first on the moon. It was exciting. That's right. We had to beat the Rush Keys. Rush Keys? Isn't that a computerized K key? One of those kiosks at the big box <laughs> store where you make duplicate Negatory good, but <laughs> that's who we were competing with to be the first on the moon. The Rush Keys. You know, the Russians. Oh, I think you mean the Ruskies. Whatever. It was a competition for sure, but I've seen similar competitions among homeowners, you know. One installs a beautiful pond, and then the neighbor got to get a fancy pool. Yeah, I've never understood trying to keep up with the Joneses in a worldly sense. It's never made sense to me. Yeah, well, you know, as usual, handyman Han, our, our big man in town, he experienced that this past week. That guy, he just can't get a break. What happened this time? Well, he was driving his old family minivan on his way to an overnight in the backcountry when he pulled up at a traffic light next to a brand new, fully loaded minivan with a Texas license plate. Both minivans had their windows down, and the guy in the Texas van yelled to Han, Hey, you got a video player in that van? Han replied, Yes, I do. That's kind of a strange question. Well, anyway, the Texan says, I got one, too. It has surround sound and wireless headphones. Oh, my gosh. Very good, said Handyman Han. You know, he's trying to be polite to somebody from out of town. Sure, sure. That's the way folks in the Sawmill Valley tend to be. Well, the Texan then asked Han if he had a fax machine in his minivan. A fax machine? You heard right. I I never had one in mind. Anyway. (laughs) I've never heard of it. Actually, I do, said Han. I use it for my work. That's amazing. You know, the, the Texan came back and said... I have a fax machine, too. By this time, the light was about to turn green, and Han was growing a little tired of this competitive attitude of the Texan. So he yelled, hey, do you have a double bed in the back of your van? <laughs> no, replied the Texan. Do you? Yep, said handyman Han, and he rolled down the back window. See? Oh, man. Well, I know they do a lot of traveling, so I'm sure a bed comes in handy. Yeah, it reminds me of your old van. That's right. Anyway, the traffic light turned green and Han drove off. But apparently the guy in the Texas van was not going to be outdone. Obviously, he's from Texas. So he went to Max and Vinny, America's handiest handyman, and he had them install a double bed in his minivan. All right, come on. Are you pulling my leg? No, you'd feel it if I was. No, I'm telling you what happened. So once the bed was installed, the Texan picked up his van and went looking for Handyman Han. After hours of searching the Sawmill Valley and asking everybody around, he found Han's van parked at a campsite with the windows all fogged up. Uh, Hold on now. Where's this going? Uh, Just listen. The guy in the Texas van parked walked over to Han's van and tapped on his window several times. Han finally opened the van window, just a little of a crack, and he peeked out. Uh, Keep it clean, please. Hey, don't worry. Don't worry. So the Texan asked Han 
if if he remembered who he was. Yeah, says Han. What can I help you with? Check this out, the proud Texan said. I got a double bed installed in my <laughs> minivan. What, said Han? You got me out of the hot tub to tell me that? <laughs> oh, man. You're so full of it. Where do you come up with this stuff? It's a gift. A gift, huh? Does it have a return policy? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we are Ken and Mark, the Home Talk Guys, here to take your car calls and emails on all things home and home repair. Yep, you can call us at 866-494-9866 or email us at questions at hometalkguys.com. And if you'd like to join my fan club, go to our website, Home hey, Talk hey, Guys. Hey, 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 come on, come on, what's, come on. What's the problem? Who are you trying to bamboozle? Your fan club. We don't have any fans. Let's get to work trying to answer some emails. Oh, and maybe boy. we'll get some fans. Yeah, I know what's going on here. I'm sensing some sibling jealousy, that's for sure. <laughs> no sibling jealousy. I don't think so. Just a desire. I want to try and help our listeners. Well, just so you know, research has linked several traits to greater jealousy. And frankly, I fear you're starting to exhibit them all. Man, you're crazy. Like what? Like uh, low self-esteem. Check. <laughs> Neuroticism. Check. Feelings of insecurity. Check. And, hey, dependence on another, like relying on me to always answer the listener's questions. Check. That's silly. Sounds like you've been uh, possibly reading psychology today again, huh? Well, maybe. Okay, Mr. Psychologist wannabe. Um, How many narcissists does it take to change a light bulb? Uh, See, you're trying to trick me, but you can't. It takes just one. He just holds the bulb while the world revolves around him. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Whatever. Now, let me pick an email, and let's see if we can help some, a listener. Okay. Uh, fire away. All right. Let me see here. Here's one from Piney Chapel. Dear Home Talk guys, a friend of mine told me about you, said you may be able to provide some insight. I'm getting ready to buy a new pickup truck for my handyman business and wondered if you guys had any suggestion. Thanks, Merle. Maybe that's Merrill from Piney hmm. Chapel, Alabama. Yeah. Well, that's a great question, Merrill or Merrill. We drive all the time, and we've driven all of them, from motorcycles to ultralights to scooters, lawnmowers, cars, tractors, heavy equipment, and, of course, trucks. And I personally have owned multiple trucks over the many years. <laughs> that's true. You have. And I've rented just about every pickup truck and owned several myself over the years. The one thing I can tell you for sure that I've learned is every truck owner thinks that their truck brand is the best. <laughs> You know what? That may be why Merrill's asking us, because he knows we offer unbiased, astute, fact-based advice. Wait a minute. We do? (laughs) Come on, man. I'm trying to give the appearance of propriety. Well, you can try all you want, but, you know, I doubt anybody's going to buy it. (laughs) As a matter of fact, though, I currently drive a Ford F-150, and it's the first time in 30 years that I've had a pickup truck with a full eight-foot bed again, and that is a luxury. I was a little discouraged about the only 36,000-mile warranty, but otherwise, I'll give it a pass. It was handy this week when we were hauling uh, drywall for that job. I drive, personally, a Nissan Frontier, a smaller truck, but overall, I like it a lot. Uh, The interior does seem tighter than the Toyota Tacoma, another truck I also like. Yeah, and if you're looking for a cab with lots of room, check out the Ford, Dodge, and Toyota four-door extended cab. You know, they're so big, you could probably hold a Beto O'Rourke rally in one of those babies. (laughs) So you mean like six to eight people? Yeah, pretty much at the most. (laughs) You know, uh, Merrill, each truck has its pros and cons. On the whole, I personally like the Toyota 
the Nissan Titan and the Dodge if you want a full-size truck. Uh, the Toyota Tacoma is great for a small-size truck. Uh, but you're going to want to check the reviews online, especially owner reviews, and spend the time necessary to actually go and test drive each truck that you like because there's a big, there is a difference. And, and be, finally, before you, before you go to buy one, make sure you research to see what is a fair price. For sure, you know these these trucks that go anywhere from thirty to sixty thousand or more. Oh, it's amazing. You know you're going to want to be happy with your purchase. So invest sufficient time in your research and and test drives. Say also that's right. And if you're interested in the top five best selling pickup trucks in 2019, here's the list. Number one was a Ford F Series, followed by Dodge Ram, then Chevy Silverado, Toyota Tacoma and the GMC Sierra. Now, I should also mention, because they, they were one of the ones that had growth in 2019, over 2018, is the Honda Ridgeline. Well, yes. So, Merrill, there are a lot of cool trucks, and a lot of this depends on what you like and don't like, and a lot of it depends on how big a wallet you have. So, good luck. All right, and thanks for listening, Merrill. We sure appreciate it. And you know, I like that kind of email. I do, too. It was a little different. Uh, maybe we should be called the Truck Guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, we'll get calls. That's right. <laughs> Speaking of emails, how do you remember the passwords to your your email and your other online accounts? Oh man, I solved that problem a long time ago. I write them on the bottom of my boot. Oh. No one would ever want to look there. <laughs> that's true. But uh, what if uh, that wears off? Well, that's that's fine because, as you know, you're supposed to change your password occasionally, right. and so now I know when it's time because it's worn off. That's how we <laughs> thinkers roll. Uh, what's that saying Artie Johnson has? Very interesting, but uh, <laughs> uh, laughing. Great right. show. So, what if you're not if you're not wearing boots, but you're wearing like sneakers? Oh well, that's not a problem. I took a picture of the bottom of my boot and I keep it on my phone. Oh man, say you're joking. Okay, you're joking. <laughs> come on, come on, come on, come on. Uh, let's. I think now's probably a good time to talk about setting good passwords because I read an article about that recently. So I suspect you think there's something better than my method? Uh, you know, well, your boot and picture is pretty hard to beat. But uh, for those folks who are bootless, yeah. uh, some experts encourage we should use multi-factor authentication, also referred to as MFA, whenever possible. MFA is enable, when MFA is enabled, a password alone won't allow access to an online account. MFA requires verify, another verifying step like a fingerprint, facial recognition, or it'll send a code to your cell phone or email, something that, that some of my passwords require. Yeah, I, I have an account that they always insist on sending me a code to my phone. But, you know, and I never heard of MFA before this. I thought MFA stood for my good friend, Albert. My good friend, Albert. Uh, that would be MGFA, you knucklehead. Oh. Uh, that's just uh, that's pretty goofy, uh, but I'm sure uh, you'll come up with more goofy things throughout the show. <laughs> well, it may be goofy to you, but my good friend Albert doesn't think so. <laughs> All right. Well, one of the best advantages of MFA uh, is that you don't need a super long, complex password. In fact, check this out. According to Microsoft, MFA authentic, uh, reduces the rate of password compromise by 99.9%, regardless of what your password is. Man, you know, that's pretty good, 99.9%. But I think my boot is 99.99%. <laughs> You're so crazy. Uh, you want to know the five worst passwords for 2019 according to Splash Data? I do, but hold on a minute. I, I want to take my boot off so I can compare. 
Okay, go ahead. Yeah, you. This yours might be on this list. Number one worst was one two three four five six. Number two was one two three four five six seven eight nine. Number three was Quarty. What? Number, wait, wait a minute. What's what's Quarty? You had a friend. I think his family had a restaurant. Wasn't that Quarty? <laughs> that was Quarty. Oh, Quarty. Uh, so Quarty, what's Quarty? Quarty is the first six letters on a keyboard. So, so that's not real creative. Huh. Anyway, the the fourth worst password is password and the fifth worst password was one two three four five six seven oh man i'm good none of those are on the bottom of my boot (laughs) hey you know there are automated programs that can guess millions of password combinations in a second the security experts claim anything a human can remember uh, is easily cracked by these algorithms hence the boot (laughs) well as i said for those who are bootless but want a better password Experts suggest we create a password that's 12 to 20 characters long or a series of random words. However, stay away from common phrases, songs, movie titles, sports teams, your birthday, your address, your dog's name. Those are all poor poor ideas for a password. Uh, Hypothetically speaking, what about a cat's name? (laughs) Hypothetically, huh? Sounds like it's uh, time for a reboot, if you know what I mean. Anyway, the best way to create a strong random password is... that's hard to crack is to download a password manager like Dashlane and let it create them for you. You can use an online password checker to see if your password is strong. Yep. I use passwordmeter.com. That's it's good. You can type it in. It'll tell you if it's it's a pretty good password. Uh, Bottom line, if our listeners do nothing else, we the home talk guys encourage that you at least create strong passwords for your financial slash banking and email accounts. Well, personally, I like using palindromes for passwords. When it comes time to change it, all I got to do is reverse it. <laughs> palindrome, huh? Probably not a great idea. Speaking of palindromes, you know palindrome is derived from Greek Greek roots, which literally means running back. You mean like OJ? No, that's a uh, peccant. Oh, hmm. Well, did you know the longest palindrome in the Oxford English Dictionary is the onomatopoeic tataratap, meaning a knock on the door? <laughs> tataratap, huh? No, I didn't know that. Uh, never heard that before. And I bet you haven't heard what our traveling Mike picked up this week uh, as it visited the last stop funeral home in taxidermy. Why would our traveling Mike go to a funeral home? I mean, what's there to hear there? Well, let's listen. Uh, see, just dead air, which we don't need. Funny. Hold on. Hold your horses. Hi. Welcome to the last stop funeral home in taxidermy. Are you here about a deer or a deer one? Excuse me, young lady. What do you mean? I mean, are you here about funeral arrangements or taxidermy work? Oh, I see. My wife of 72 years just passed, and I was going to have her buried. But since you mentioned it, I guess maybe... No, never mind. I'm not sure I want her watching over me all the time if you stuff her. Uh, no, we don't really do that to... Mm, the owner Slim Jim will be with you in a minute. Uh, oh, here. Here he comes now. Well, hi, old buddy. Sorry to hear about Elvira. She seemed like a wonderful person. Oh, yeah, she was, unless you had to be married to her. So, Harold, how old was Elvira? 
<laughs> the same as me, Slim. 97. We've been married for 72 years. Well, well that's amazing. Time does fly. <laughs> well, to me, it seemed like a century. Well, well, well okay, Harold, uh, let's talk caskets for a minute. We have a new line of uh, double wagons. You mean like those mobile homes? Well, well, yes, kind of. But from your earlier comments, I'm not so sure you'll want one. It starts with an extra-wide box with a double-door lid. This way, both people can be side-by-side, side, just like in real life. Hmm. Well, is there an up upside to this arrangement, Slim? I mean, will I save a ton of money? Well, Harold, not really. Uh, being together is supposed to be the upside. Uh, it appears you may not feel that way. Come on, Slim. You've known both of us for a long time. But I'm going to need a different solution. Besides, she always hogged the covers. What? You know, when I married Elvira 72 years ago, we had a contract. You had a marriage contract way back then? No, I mean those wedding vows. They're kind of like a contract. So now I'm going to exercise the last condition of that contract. What, what do you mean, Harold? What condition are you exercising? Come on, Slim. Everybody knows that. It's till death do us part. <laughs> and the truth be told, I never dreamed it would take this long. Well, well okay then. Uh, it's a standard casket with routine services. Sound good, Harold? Yes, indeed. I think we're good. I'll back around to the loading dock. That would be great, Harold. Igor will help you unload. See ya. Thanks for stopping by. Wow. Old Slim has his hands full. He sure does. In fact, you know what? Let's take a short break for a commercial from Last Stop Funeral Home and Taxidermy. Oh, Slim's commercial. Another good one on the Home Talk Guys radio network on WVNN. <laughs> Slim Jim here, owner, undertaker, and head makeup artist at the Last Stop Funeral Home and Taxidermy. The place in the Sawmill Valley for a happy ending. I'm excited to introduce a new product right here on the Home Talk, guys. This new item is made by Six Foot Down Under, an Australian casket maker. The new model is known as the Double Wide Deluxe. Yep, you guessed it. This model is for those couples that haven't already had enough of each other above ground. So you and your soulmate will rest literally side by side forever. This casket has the dimensions of a full-size bed. It comes standard with neck-saver pillows and that all-important bone-saver mattress. It's made of hypoallergenic foam. It's a nice feature in case your family decides to have you exhumed. Anyway, it also has an optional headstone-mounted solar panel to energize the low-voltage foot warmers. Now... 
unless you plan on a simultaneous departure a la Thelma and Louise, it will be first come, first pick on which side of the casket you occupy. Please put as much thought into your double-wide deluxe casket as you put into that double-wide trailer. You will be using the casket far longer than you will be using that trailer. For anyone who puts down a payment this week on a double-wide, I will throw in a free shampoo and conditioner upgrade as part of your viewing makeup package. This is Slim Jim saying, please make sure the last stop funeral home and taxidermy is the very last item on your bucket list. <laughs> uh, now back to Double Trouble, Ken and Mark. Welcome back to the Home Talk Guys radio show. Yep, you can call or email us. Our email is questions at hometalkguys.com or give us a ring at 866-494-9866. Hey, hey, the, uh, the emails are coming in pretty fast, but before we hit another one, are you ready to divvy out some knowledge and wisdom? Hey, if I was any more ready, I'd be done. <laughs> so what's next? Hold your horses there, Mr. Spock. We aren't time travelers. Give us a word and quote for the week. Hey, you know, I'm more of a Captain Kirk for handy folks. <laughs> Quick, Scotty, warp speed ahead. Aye, Captain, we're going as fast as we can. <laughs> you need to get out more. <laughs> now, how about a word or quote? Okay, well, I actually have a good word for this week. It's cerebrate. It's a verb meaning to use the mind. Think. Uh, it is a good word, Unfortunately, it has absolutely nothing to do with our show. <laughs> well, maybe not for some on our show. You know, you should get yourself a slide rule like me. You're crazy. All right, how about a uh, quote? Okay, well, this week's quote goes like this. It's hard for us to fix mistakes if we never admit we made them. And that kind of dovetails for a quote we used several weeks ago that was, anybody who claims they never made a mistake never really did anything <laughs> very true and universally applicable well done you know i read some interesting uh, uh news this week on some current health research and since we are all things home and home repair i wanted to briefly mention it well you know as i always say good health doesn't matter once you're dead <laughs> <laughs> mm, well here's what i know sage handymen across the country are all about good health and this article outlines new research suggesting that people who utilize intermittent fasting may be adding years to their lives. Uh, wait a minute. Fasting? Like as in going without food? Yep. Researchers hey. at John Hopkins found that intermittent fasting may help the body improve its metabolism. Yeah, well, I know some other researchers have also found that going without food for prolonged periods of time causes yeah. <laughs> I'm talking intermittent fasting, you knucklehead, not prolonged periods. The two most prevalent methods are either limiting the window of intake, uh, the limiting, limiting a window during which you intake food to eight hours or not eating for two days per week. Hold on. Hold on right there. I am absolutely positive that it cannot be healthy for somebody to go two days without a bagel and decaf green tea that's not good for anyone <laughs> they're just gonna have to muscle through it and it's not two consecutive days well how about does it count if i don't think of food for two days each week but i still eat uh, negatory 
Now, the findings of neuroscientist Mark Matson were published in the New England Journal of Medicine. They show that fasting can trigger metabolic switching and evolutionary adaption. And aside from helping with metabolism, check this out. Fasting has also been linked with decreased blood pressure, cholesterol, and resting heart rates. And it also may help control blood sugar, increase resistance to stress, and suppress inflammation. Well, that all sounds well and good, and I'm sure it's even better because it was written by a guy named Mark. (laughs) But frankly, my heart rate is getting elevated just thinking about going without food. Ah, surprisingly valid point. In fact, the research noted that intermittent fasting uh, does have some downsides, like irritability. You know, in fact, I I kind of assumed you were fasting today. (laughs) Funny. (laughs) Anyway, feeling hungry and irritable is common to people who are new to fasting, but it usually wears off after uh, a couple weeks to a month once the body and brain become accustomed to the new habit. Yeah, custom, if you're still alive. <laughs> have you tried any of this? You know, I have. I've done several weeks of limiting my eating to eight hours uh, each day. I personally like it, but I wanted to present it because intermittent fasting is just another possible tool in our work bucket for a good life. Well, keep it in your work bucket, not in mine. <laughs> I'm going to grab a bagel and cogitate on this for a spell. Meanwhile, isn't it time for some mental gymnastics? Like a little hot yoga? Ah, you finally have seen the light. I like the way you're thinking. Indeed, it is time for the brain twister. Were you uh, able to wrap your gray matter around Sparky's conundrum from last week? Oh, come on, man. Of course. My brain is like a NASA Pleiades supercomputer that's already incorporated intermittent fasting and has a legal (laughs) prescription for steroids. I seriously doubt anyone has ever used Pleiades, steroids, and intermittent fasting in the same sentence, and uh, probably for good reason. Anyway, let me reread the brain twister, and then you download your answer for all of us. Roger that, Houston. Over. Oh, man. You challenging an astronaut sitting here in the Apollo capsule? Just call me Commander Mark. All right, Commander Mark. Hey, just remember, they said don't touch that red button over there. This one over here? Yeah, yeah, don't touch it. So last week's Brain Twister went like this. Guido from Sawmill Valley's fine Italian eating establishment had a light issue. He called Sparky, the town's foremost electrician, to come help. Sparky arrived, and Guido showed him the issue. Sparky was standing in front of a room with one light bulb inside. From where he stood, he couldn't see if the light was on or off. However, outside the room where Sparky was standing, there were three switches in the off position. Sparky has to figure out which switch controls the light bulb inside the room, but due to strict restaurant policies associated with Sparky's uh, grooming habits, he can only enter the room once. So, with the aforementioned facts in mind, how does Sparky determine which of the three switches operates the single light in the room (laughs) well you know i've run into sparky on a couple of jobs and he definitely has some interesting grooming habits but at last i have the answer are you ready let's hear but hey hey stop touching that red button they said under no circumstances are we to flip that but but don't you wonder what it'll do no i mean it, it might be the eject button Uh, Now, how about an answer to the brain twister? Maybe it's your eject button. Okay, so you're going to turn two switches on and leave one switch off and wait about a minute. Then enter the room, but just before you enter, turn one switch from on to off. Once in the room, carefully feel the light bulb. If it is warm but off, it's the last switch you turned off. If it is on, it's the switch left on. And if it's cold and off, it's the switch you left in the off position from the start. Wow, well done. 
So, did we have a winner? And please, just say yes or no. Yes or no. What? You said to just say yes or no. Uh, come on. I meant, did we have a winner? Yes or no? Yes. And did you pick just one winner this week? Come on. Last week was a fluke. This week, I took all the right answers submitted, placed them inside a model rocket of the Apollo 16 I built in honor of our getting <laughs> the permission to broadcast from here, and I shot the rocket into the air. Very creative, but perhaps a little eccentric. Uh, so anyway, how did you pick the winner from that? Well, it was easy. I painted a bullseye on my backyard, and when the rocket deployed its parachute, it also blew out all the winning names. The name that landed closest to the bullseye was the winner. How in the world did you come up with such a convoluted method of picking a winner? Hey, when you're rubbing shoulders with rocket scientists, uh, out-of-this-world ideas just flow. Interesting, interesting. Questionable, too. Say, why, why are your clothes uh, torn? Well, I had to climb a tree to reach the winning name. <laughs> How come? Well, when the parachute deployed, it did a great job of scattering all the names. The thing I failed to take into account were the winds aloft. All the names blew hundreds of yards away. The closest to the bullseye was in my grouchy neighbor's thorny hawthorn tree. So I had to wait until cover of night to retrieve it. <laughs> so the thorns from the tree did a number on your clothes, huh, as you climbed up there? Eh, not really. It was more related to my fall. You fell out of the tree? Well, that winning name came to rest on a top branch, and as I shimmied towards it, the branch slowly bent until, boom, it broke. I was able to grab the name on my way down, though. How far did you fall? Oh, uh, I didn't fall very far. My neighbor's roof broke my fall. <laughs> I don't know what to say. You have a lot of sewing to fix the tears from that those thorns. No, no. Those tears aren't from those thorns. You said they were related to the fall. Well, they are. Then kinda. how? Well, when I landed on my neighbor's roof, he came out to see what was happening. Thinking it might be a robber, he fired his shotgun into the air. So, man, I took off like running like fast. Oh, okay. So where did the, th the torn clothes come from? Oh, well, when I got to the property line, I dove over the fence like I was Indiana Jones, and some <laughs> of my clothing got hung up on the barbed wire. <laughs> wow. You, uh, you may want to reconsider just putting the names in a hat and just picking one. I mean, it will prevent more Indiana Jones experiences. Yeah, no, if you remember, I had some issues with that previous uh Ish, you know, hat thing, but I may reconsider. <laughs> all right, it's up to you. Anyway, after all your efforts, who's the winner? Drum roll, please. Oh. The winner is Dorothea from Pensacola, Florida. Man, we got to get some sound effects. Your drum roll's pitiful. Uh, good job, Dorothea. We'll be in touch soon. And although you can only win once every 30 days, we hope you'll keep listening and tell a friend to join and listen as well. Yeah, you know, the Florida Panhandle, a great place. But I'm amazed how many folks listen via iHeartRadio and WVNN.com. True, or they could utilize the Apple, Google, Spotify, or iHeart, and pretty much any other podcast site to hear past shows. All they have to do is search three monosyllabic words, home, talk, guys. You know, I've always thought it's funny how monosyllabic, which means having one syllable, has five syllables in it. It seems kind of counterintuitive. Yeah, it's kind of like the word that uh, we talked about in a few shows back Ugh. that defines folks afraid of long words. It was hippo something. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's on our website for those interested, and it's got over 30 letters in it. And for people that are afraid of long words, it's silly. It's, it's crazy long. Okay, you uh, ready for the new brain twister? I'm always ready for a new brain twister. 
All right, here goes. Let me uh, let me read this. It says, The Lumberjack Lodge is planning a big Valentine's Day bash. Unfortunately, they bid out the printing and mailing of the invitations, and rather than carefully reading each bid proposal, the three-person invitation committee, as committees tend to do, simply awarded the printing and mailing to the lowest bidder. The invitations arrived at invitees' homes this week, and after opening and reading his, Handyman Han called the lodge for clarification. Unfortunately, he got the answering machine, so he called us and asked if we could help. The invitation reads as follows. Please join us for the Lumberjack Lodge Valentine's Day Bash. It will be held on the day that comes three days, after the day which comes two days, after the day which comes immediately after the day, which comes two days after Monday. The question, on which day of the week will a Valentine's Day Bash be held? Well, you know what they say. A committee of three... They only get things done if two of them don't show up. <laughs> at committees in general, I mean, just look at D.C. Anyway, if our listeners think they know the answer to the Brain Twister, email your answer to mail at hometalkguys.com for a chance to win a $25 gift certificate from Ace, Lowe's, or Home Depot. That's right. Or for an enhanced chance of winning, carefully, oh my carefully pilot over to Sawmill Valley Community Dock, a 32-by-10-foot self-contained houseboat with solar panels. <laughs> Throw in a 3,000-watt Honda generator, 6- and 12-volt batteries with inverter for 110 power, air conditioning, microwave, oven with stovetop, flushing, (laughs) composting toilet, a shower with solar hot water, and on the stern, paint unsinkable two. And just let the dock attendant know it's for Mark from Home Talk Guys. (laughs) Unsinkable two, huh? Yeah, it's it's kind of a long story. (laughs) Well, then, you know, you may want to do like the uh, Swedish Army does and Put a barcode on the side of your boat to make it easier for the salvage teams. Yeah, well, why does the Swedish, uh, what, Navy put barcodes on the side of their boat? Come on. So then when they they return to port, they can scan the Navy in. Ah, that was sorry. (laughs) You know what? We better address another email before all our listeners turn off the radio or online, whatever. Let's see. Here's one from Kay. Kay in Overloon, North Brabant, Netherlands. Yeah, right. You know, I was in Amsterdam once and uh, quit screwing around. Nobody from there contacted us. I'm serious, man. Obviously, another listener online. Perhaps, but you've got to be listening on iHeart or WVNN.com. Or maybe she's been a podcast listener. It could be. Anyway, Kay writes, let's see here. I'm moving to the States and will be designing and building a new home. I love listening to you guys because I learn something new each show with all your knowledge. Uh, you... Wait a minute. Wait a minute. With all our knowledge. Get out of here. It doesn't say that. Uh, like, heck, look here. Check for yourself. Wow. A first for home talk, guys. A compliment. <laughs> anyway, Kay says, with all your knowledge, are you gents aware of any dying home trends? Things are a smidge different in your little corner of the world than in the Netherlands. Thanks, Kay. Overloon, North Brabant, Netherlands. Hmm. Excellent question, Kay. Uh, that, that's true. And before we respond to Kay, what do you say we take a short break for a word from another exclusive Home Talk Guys sponsor? Okay, this is the Home Talk Guys Radio Network. John here, head man at House of Thrones, where our business is taking care of your business. Today I'm here to introduce a new product that combines the best of two worlds. So revolutionary, it should eliminate some bathroom arguments permanently. We now sell the Toilinol. 
a multi-use bathroom fixture. It's a sit-down toilet on one side and a stand-up urinal on the other. Now, not only is there never a need to raise or lower the seat, but two open-minded individuals can use the facility at the same time, speeding up the line to the bathroom. The sit-down side has the Wonderseat 5000 permanently installed in the down position, eliminating the possibility of a seat being left up. There's a message engraven on the front of the tank that says, No Standing Zone. Around on the stand-up side, we have installed advanced technology. This includes both LED-guided Perfect Aim software and splash-eliminating contour design. Target zones have also been marked based on user's height to help keep the floor dry. If privacy is a concern, we sell an adapter for the tank lid that holds a lightweight screen to block any line of sight between users and cutting-edge sound jamming technology that silences all sound except the melodic loop of Kenny G that plays while the tall and all is occupied. There's also a water-saving feature that will allow one flush to handle both sides. So keep everyone happy and cut down on wait time with a new toil and all from House of Thrones. Big John saying, whether you stand or sit, we have the place to go. Welcome back to the Home Talk Guys radio show. We are Ken and Mark here to field your questions on all things home and home repair. Or anything else you, you might need a second opinion on. We've got lots of opinions. <laughs> you can reach us at questions at hometalkguys.com or call 866-494-9866. All right. Back to our listener Kay from the Netherlands and her question about design trends on the way out. Yeah. Kay asked a good question. There are indeed some design trends falling out of favor. However, in the end, good tasteful design rather than design trends that's what us, the Home Talk guys, encourage. As true, tasteful designs transcends time. That's true. So true. In fact, trends, on the other hand, they come and go. For example, the platform shoes and bell-bottom pants of the early 1970s was a trend that my brother wholeheartedly embraced. <laughs> However, I've yet to see anyone, including Elton John, that even approached looking good dressed in such garb. One exception, of course, other than me. Who? Herman Munster. Ooh, Yeah. That's exception noted. He wore those platform boots about as well as anyone could. <laughs> Thanks. So, Kay, here are some design uh, that are trends that are fading away. First, the lone accent walls. With the renewed popularity of wallpaper, we're starting to see whole rooms in vibrant colors and patterns. As one designer was heard saying, why should one wall have all the fun? <laughs> and much to the chagrin of world-famous designer Ivanta Egon, Minimalist design is going the way of the Chia Pet. The growing trend is maximalism. In fact, I received an email this week from my big box from home improvement store just uh, touting maximalism. And that is solids mixed with stripes, mixed with plaids, mixed with polka dots. I'm personally not a fan of this trend for many reasons, but we at the Home Talk Guys do support each person's God-given right to life, liberty, and the right to decorate as one's desires, <laughs> even if, in my humble opinion, it's bad. Yeah. Another trend, trend that's heading out in 2020 is faux natural materials. If you've been relying on faking expensive decor, you're not going to be happy as look-alike materials such as wood look. Por uh, porcelain plank tile like they've been putting oh man that's every place yeah and faux stone are going the way of pong pong ah i remember dad he at one christmas he bought us pong that was the greatest electronic video game ever you a simple dot moving across a tv screen actually you know come to think of it 
I guess before Atari, it was probably the only electronic game. <laughs> well, there was game. Pong back then, and we had our radar range, the good old days. That's right. Now, cover your ears on this next one as it involves two of your heroes. Two of my heroes, Elvis and Elvira? <laughs> Elvis and Elvira. Oh, man, only you. Uh, but this one's going to get you all shook up, so cover your ears. No, it's, it's actually Chip and Joanna. Uh, the ubiquitous farm farmhouse style is being put out to pasture in some design circles. Some say the trend lacks unique personality. So in 2020, you're likely to see more eclectic design styles like with heirlooms and vintage items coming back into fashion. Just so they know, Chip and Joe, you know you are always welcome on our humble show if you need a soft place to land. <laughs> well, don't hold your breath. The Gaines have a stellar reputation to uphold. You know, they'd never be seen with two yokels like us. Oh, oh man. Thanks. I was starting to turn blue. <laughs> hey, Kay, the last trend we hear going the way of the transistor radio. Wait, who wrote this? I still use a transistor radio. Hey, come on. Keep with the outline. Hey, we need to get some real writers next show. Anyway, another trend on the way out is not transistor radios. It's open floor plans. For years, folks have embraced the idea of being able to see everybody in the kitchen while in the living room or even the dining room. But no more. Folks are now craving some privacy, especially those millennials. And that's big because millennials are the single largest demographic of home buyers in 2020. That's true, and they're eager to put up some walls. The millennials desire well-defined spaces for living, working, eating, and cooking, if they cook. That's right. Putting up walls, hey, that reminds me of the president. Anyway, well, Kay, uh, it's a lot to digest as you design your new home. Uh, we wish you best of luck, and if you will, send us some pictures, and we'll try and put them on our website, hometalkguys.com. That's right. I'm always surprised how many folks decorate for trend rather than design for style. To me, it's a mistake, but to each his or her own. Uh, you know, speaking of design trends, I read an interesting article this week about urinals in the home. You mean you read an article while at the urinal? <laughs> no, but I like when they post articles above the urinal. Oh, they do that at the truck stop, yeah. Well, urinals in homes may be a good way that will resolve that tempestuous seat-up, seat-down controversy that's tearing our society apart today. <laughs> yeah, Angie's List sent me an article this past week from Miranda uh, Adams. It was interesting reading. She notes a home buyer's comment that one selling point was a urinal in his home. The seller says it's a conversation piece and convenient. Conversation? Hell, what a joke. He sounds like he bought a piece of art. It's a toilet man who converses with guests about their toilet. Well, according to Bob Richards, owner of Bob the Plumber. As opposed to Bob the Builder. Hey, you think the Bobs are trying to corner our industry? Nah, Bobs are up and down. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right, anyway, Bob the Plumber says he's getting more urinal buyers because, in his words, America is staying home more, and some, although I think it's probably few, men are thinking about cutting water costs. Uh, that's a good point. A urinal uses about a gallon per flush, half or less the water of a standard toilet. And uh, most requests for urinals are in men-only spaces, like, you know, the man cave, the workshop. Yeah, well, I like that. And while some women think adding a urinal is silly, the article said, notes that wise women, and I support this, uh, support when their husbands want a urinal because, uh, you know, they understand that sometimes uh, men miss the target, if you know what I mean. Well, you know, aim is critical, and Miss Jenny Bobo down at the truck stop, you know what she says. <laughs> yep, how can I forget that big sign she has above on the restroom wall? If you sprinkle when you tinkle, be a, swite, a sweetie and wipe the CD. <laughs> 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 anyway, the sad thing is to retrofit a urinal is 
pretty much cost prohibitive for a lot of folks as it can run between six and two thousand dollars. That that may be in part mainly because you know urinals usually require third three quarter inch water line. But most bathroom plumbing, especially in older homes, the water line's usually just half inch. Well, there are some waterless urinal options that don't require as much plumbing, but they require changing a chemical filter every few thousand uses. Uh, who sits around and counts the uses? <laughs> uh, maybe the toilet all that we heard about in the House of Thrones commercial with Big John, that might be everybody's answer. Say, I hear we have another traveling mic episode. You know, our microphones were fortunate again this week. They were able to listen in to Dr. Hertzum, Ph.D., Sawmill Valley's chief engineer. He's also a wannabe handyman and a full-time <laughs> yeah. dad. Let's listen in and see what we can learn, shall we? Son, today we're going to build that tree fort we talked about. Oh, but Dad, that was when I was 10. Now that I'm almost 18, my interests have changed. I mean, I appreciate your willingness, but a tree Now, has... now. What? Here, here. I've calculated the load factors and computed the necessary angles of support. So let's get out there and have some fun building. Well, okay, but how long will this take? My friends and I are supposed to play Battle of Destruction over the Internet at 9 a.m. Son, son, video games have their place, but great nations weren't built on them. Great civilizations didn't rise because of them, and great thinkers didn't mature as a result of them. Huh? What's that mean? Will I be able to play or not? Look, we engineers are the key to advanced civilizations. We develop and refine the things that differentiate third world countries from first world countries. We factor probabilities and variables together with unknown properties to ensure usefulness and safety. Uh, Dad, Dad, over, over here. Are, are you talking to me? Uh, never mind. Let's get to work and see how far we get by 9 a.m. Let's start cutting these two-by-fours to length. Remember, as your grandfather used to tell me, always measure twice and cut once. Grandpa said that? Yep. Over and over. Huh. In fact, he said it every time he saw me with a saw. <laughs> every time, Dad? Sounds a little over the top for Grandpa. <laughs> well... I may have inadvertently mismeasured when I was a youngster. But, but why did Grandpa say it so often? What did you mismeasure, Dad? Ah, uh, well, nothing really important, son. He, he just wanted to make sure I didn't repeat my mistake. Well, well, what mistake? Well, all right. But promise me you don't tell your mother. I'll never live it down. Okay, what is it? I was helping your grandfather build my grandfather's casket, and I mismeasured the length. <laughs> but as the saying goes, all wells it ends well. So you had to build a new casket? No, no, uh, we didn't have time to do that. Well, so what'd you do? Uh, what is this, like 20 questions? Aren't you excited about building this tree fort? Well, I mean, sure. But what happened to your grandpa? Okay, okay. We ended up having to uh, cut two circles in the end of the casket to slide his legs through. It really wasn't noticeable uh, if you weren't looking. Well, I guess you're right. Right about what? Mom better never hear this story, or it won't be long before the whole valley knows about it. <laughs> That's true, son. Mum's the word, okay? <laughs> so we measure twice and cut once. It helps ensure accuracy and prevents uh, legs from sticking out. <laughs> well... 
But but mom says the reason we have to duck walking through the kitchen doorway is because you made the door opening two feet too low. Did you measure twice on that? What? Your mother said that, did she? Yeah. She's not schooled in higher math, the laws of probability and structural dynamics. It's conceivable I may have misconfigured the overall vertical rise. However, the horizontal dimensions and uniformity is consistent and the structural integrity is sound. Uh, well, what does all that mean? Uh... Son, it means I, your mother's right, I screwed up. Uh-huh. Now, come on, let's keep working. 9 a.m. is fast approaching. That doctor hurts him. That doctor hurt, yeah. I'll get over on my spot. Don't move around, Mark. Hey, that doctor hurts him. He's a character. No one quite like him, thankfully. Hey, uh, you know, that was pretty cool seeing the articles back at Big Bucks last week. Um, yeah, I, didn't we have a part from them? Yeah, it was. Uh, it sure was cool to see them. You know, that guitarist had an eerie resemblance to Clayton T. Oh, you're crazy. He looked more like you than Clayton T. <laughs> In any event, let's give a listen to a song they played called Must Be Love. Love. 
All right. You know, as for you listeners that are paying attention, that was not the articles and that was not the song Must Be Love. Unfortunately, we're going to blame this on the computer and we are really sorry to the articles. But next week, everybody come back. We will have Must Be Love by the articles from Richmond, Virginia on next week's show. Um, So... You can also go to Home Talk Guys and under the Big Bucks tab, see information on that. Right. And just so everybody knows, that's the song we played last week. That was LaDonna and Shepherd of Love, which you can also see on our website. So uh, before we uh, close the show, I just uh, did some interesting reading and uh, saw that if if you assume the median price of a home today is $305,000, there was a research uh, research done on Realtor.com that said, okay, how many square feet can you buy for that in various cities throughout the country? So if you were to buy a median price home, $305,000 in Boston, that would get you 263 square feet because it's uh, the average price is $1,160 per square foot. In Alabama, here in Huntsville, the average square foot is $110 per square foot. Um, and the average price, listing price, is two hundred and sixty-five thousand dollars. Wow, that's really interesting. Where you live makes a big difference. How much it costs? Hey, uh, Houston, um, we have a problem up here. Uh, could we bring this Apollo capsule back to Earth? As I'd really like to use a restroom more restful than the one built into this capsule. Hey, you copy, Houston? <laughs> Roger, Commander. So, folks, remember to submit your answers to the Brain Twister by emailing them to mail at hometalkguys.com. Yeah, and you can reread the Brain Twister on our website, hometalkguys.com. Indeed. Well, we sure appreciate you all listening and checking out our podcast. We hope you learned a little, maybe laughed a little, and tell a friend to join us next week for another edition of the Home Talk Guys radio show, home of the Honeydew Eradication Association. That's right. And be sure to visit our website at hometalkguys.com for tips and picks. You can also listen to prior shows on Google, Apple, iHeart, and Spotify, and most other podcast services. You're just going to want to search for the Home Talk Guys, and we'd love to hear from any listeners in the Netherlands. That's right. We appreciate all of our listeners, but the Netherlands, that's really cool. Well, thanks again for listening. Now, let's go out and do some good. Yo, good night, Max. Good night, Vincenzo.